Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to digitallydownloaded.net. I am Matt, and I am talking very slow today because it is 7am and I am still half asleep. So rather than me continue to talk, hello, Alan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm going to bring in the energy because it's the other side of the world and it's all good. I'm doing great. It's fine. Everything's great. And how are you, Matt? Apart from um, being sleepy. I'm good. I have my coffee, so I'll be awake soon enough and then I'll be ranting along like normal. But yeah, yeah, all good yourself. Yeah. The thing is, is that I've not been in this podcast for now, like, what, three, three weeks, months? Can't even tell time anymore. Um, and I've lost the ability to speak in a coherent manner. So this is going to go well. It's uh, going to so be it's fantastic. it's going to be a usual podcast, really. Oh no! It's gonna be, this is usually oh, no. Usually somebody ends up, you know, kind of having a breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll be, be, better introduce the other people on the podcast because that's a bit rude. Otherwise. <laughs> hello, Harvard. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. It's great to be part of the the, the Matt and Allen show. The Mellon show. <laughs> the Mellon show. And oh, finally. No, and finally, we have Trent. Trent's here because it's cold enough to, in, in here in Australia to almost snow, and Trent's looking forward to talking about snowball fights. Hello, Trent. Uh, yes, well, if I look at the snow patterns for nearby me, uh, it's probably going to snow in Walker, it's probably going to snow in Nundal, just not here. <laughs> you have to travel for your snowball fight, huh? Yeah, it's about it's about like a hour, hour and a half to two hours, depending on where the snow is. Uh, but yes, it is possible. Do you reckon you could like organize a turn-based snowball fight in real life? That's a that's a thing that I've been wondering about. With rocks inside the snow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Final Fantasy tactics style snowball fight. This, in this real running life. joke needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's been literally like over a year that we've been doing this one joke about the open snowball fight in Final Fantasy Tactics, and it's like it's reaching that point. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's out of the system now, so now we can't talk about it for the rest of the podcast. It's officially banned. So, yeah, well, yeah. says that, but it's also been raised now. So now there's, uh, you know, if something you know were to come up, there's a, you know, yeah, fresh in minds. Past a logical jump back to the snowball fight, so it's going to be all good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um. We're going to quickly go around and uh, talk about what we'll be playing this month before we jump to our, our music. Um, Alan, what have you been playing? You've been playing Pokemans, haven't you? I have been playing Pokemon Unite and beating up children. Um, Good so stuff. Metaphorically. I, yeah. Uh, or re, or real, also, I, mean, I, guess, I, have, I haven't been following the headlines in England, but <laughs> there may well be somebody <laughs> going no, around. That game is really good. Um, I like it a lot. It made me get back into Smite very briefly before realizing that I don't like playing games that make me horribly upset. Um, <laughs> so now I'm just playing Pokemon Unite again. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really, really good. I'm like the least fan of MOBAs ever. Yeah, I did not expect you to play that game. And I picked it up and I was like, oh, I was rolling my eyes. I was like, the only reason I played it was I figured I'd be able to write a hit piece on it on digitally downloaded. Um, but then I started to play it and I'm like, oh, oh dear, this is this is good. And yeah, I've played it quite a bit. I'm shocked. It's, I'm it's upset with myself. Though, because, like the the issue that I face is that I only know Gen One and Gen Three. The rest of it may as well not exist. So when I encounter a Lord like Crabble, I instantly enjoy Crabble. So it's <laughs> like, he's a large boy and he snips 
and frankly, that's enough for me to be on board because he's he's a dickhead, and I like that. I respect him. <laughs> they do, they do have to add some Pokemon. They need to get Farfetch. They need to get Leak Bird in. Leakman. Yeah. His ultimate should be like eating a leak or something, beating the shit out of someone with it. I don't know. <laughs> like he's great. His super could be like he summons Hatsune Miku to the, the play field. And... and that's where we're moving on. So, <laughs> Harvard, what are you doing, Fane? I've been having a pretty a pretty chill month. I haven't really been playing too much. Uh, when I find time, I've still been working through uh, Kingdoms of Amalur re- re-reckoning. I don't know how many re's there are anymore. Uh, and that's been fun. It's been bonking things with hammers and stealing from people's closets it's just general rpg stuff it is quite the game isn't it um it's just one of those ones i've got it like i played the original and then uh got it on ps4 and i bought a switch the, the switch version of it as well it's it is quite the game uh, i yeah I i'm enjoying it. it but the problem is that it's trying to do new fantasy like it's, it's not it's deliberately not being like oh we're, we're the lord of the rings it's trying to make its new world with new monsters and new lore, and I just don't have the energy to care. Yeah, I just want generic enough. fantasy. Look, well, all I'm I mean, saying is, if you're going to make MMO, a new fantasy so. world, if you're going to make a new fantasy world, just make it Xenoblade. Just go as, like, balls to the wall as you can and just have everything be on the backs of demons or something. Yeah, but how I'm much big, do you care big. about the lore of Xenoblade, Alan? I, look, I care about it more than you expect, but less than you hope. <laughs> Secret, secretly, uh, Alan right. just plays it for the big boobs. That's that's why I'm no, so, actually playing it. Uh, for those of you who have not been aware of my stream, I have been on a journey to unlock the giant titty bunny lady for about uh, <laughs> 12 weeks. I finally got her after getting Cosmos, who was literally a 0.1% chance roll. <laughs> so, like, it took so long to get this titty bunny lady. It was so worth it. The joke was made. <laughs> Secretly, Alan is a big fan of the fan service. Um, Trent, what about you? What have you been playing? What have I been playing? Well, last night I was playing the Pokemon game um, because he told me I must play it. And then the night before, I was playing the old-timey Phoenix right, but I got sick of like pressing buttons, so I just put it in a storage mode. And So I wasn't really playing it. I was more watching it. <laughs> but I'm like, finish the first case. So getting up there. I really like good. I really like the animations, how he's like slamming on the desk and then he's like, oh shit, what have I done? I actually I'm turning into a lawyer. And then right at the end he's like, objection. And it's great. You're gonna you, you are gonna enjoy that one. It is good. It is very long. Very, very long, both of those games. Um they go forever. So yeah, enjoy the content. But no, they are they are actually quite good. Um you'll you have I've heard really good things about it. I also love the um the way they get around the Sherlock Holmes license. I really well, enjoy that. Yeah, that that wasn't actually that's actually not original to to them. Um, Maurice LeBlanc actually was the first one to do that with yeah, uh, Lupin. Yeah, Lupin Lupin the third. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a be it's a well known way of getting around that problem, and uh, yeah, I, I'm all for it. It probably trolls the uh, the estate of Arthur Conan Doyle big time, which is also a good oh, thing. Oh, because they don't have enough money, is it? Yeah, yeah, but it still would troll them. It would be great. I'd love to see how angry they are. They'd be playing this game and they'd be like, mm, yeah, they'd be fuming. They'd be fuming. So they I thought the estate was actually the reason why the Western release of Great Ace Attorney was delayed, because they're very snickety about how Sherlock is represented. Probably. Probably is. This isn't uh, Sherlock. This is Herlock. 
Yeah, this is Herlock. So. <laughs> Very different character. OC, do not steal. IP trolls. Um, anyway, uh, in terms of what, me, what am I playing? What have I been playing? So, I guess two, three probably really stand out because obviously I've, it's been a very busy week. I've had a lot of big games to play. Samurai Warriors 5 has been my jam, my big jam this week. It's been excellent. I do love Samurai Warriors, my my, my heroes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really good. It's it's one that Is I would Samurai actually recommend. that game? I would actually, sorry? Is Samonosuke from um, from that horror game, Onimusha, in that game? Because no, that no, would be a is, really, really good like, real little people. thing. This is real peeps, Alan. This is real people. Samonosuke is real to me, Matt. <laughs> this is a real peeps game, but I would actually recommend this one to people who uh, have, haven't played Warriors games in the past. This one has a good quality story modes uh, and it's just really well designed. It's It's really accessible. And a good starting point for anybody who may be curious about Warriors games and or Japanese history. So that's a good one. Uh, I've also been playing Neo, the um, world ends with Ya, and I love it. I kind of love it a lot. I'd be playing it that if I stop ordering stuff from Amazon and stop having things shipped after launch day, even though I'm a Prime member, and then they ship it with the slowest bus to Tamworth, and then I get it like 20 weeks later. It just came like on Friday. It's it, it is um, it has the most spectacular soundtrack of a game I think I've ever played. I just love that soundtrack so much. I um, need to find a copy of it on CD or something or import it from Japan. It's really good. The gameplay itself is also good, but the it's just the soundtrack. Like this is one of those games that I'm just playing just because I love the music, uh, and it's yeah, it's great. And then finally. Um, there's a simulation game that got released on PC called Idle Manager, which I hugely recommend. I went into it assuming that it was going to be a game that I could have a laugh about at Alan's expense on the podcast. But... Um, no, I'm a- not letting you... No, no, no. Explain yourself. <laughs> Defend yourself. <laughs> are, you, I- are you actively going out of your way to find games that you're like, oh, Alan will really get pissed at this one? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to screenshot it <laughs> as we were on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, the most is the brazen confidence with which you're just like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but um, it's actually really good. Like, it is a really good simulator. It's very challenging, like really difficult. I've had four different idol groups fail, bankrupt, and everybody get fired. Like but in real life. Yeah, just in real life. Just like, uh, but yeah, it's just. It, it's so complex in terms of the the actual simulation stuff and the, the different ways that you can build a business up and get this group going and you can be nice and um, conservative or you can be lewd as hell um, in terms of the music you, you produce. But it's not actually a fan service game at all. There is no fan service in it whatsoever. It's just all numbers and stuff. And it's just not what I expected. I expected it to be a stupid fan service um nonsense game but instead it's a genuine simulation that kind of tackles the issues of idol culture in japan in in an interesting way so yeah i i haven't reviewed that one yet but it's going to be an interesting review to write uh, and i highly recommend people look at it if you've got any interest whatsoever in simulators so on that note let's go to music now um Hatsune Miku let's play what we're gonna play let's play Dear Coco Girls because it's freezing here and that song is nice and tropical <laughs> 
So let's have a chat about the games that are coming out in August. We are into the other end of the year now. It's it's ticking along and there's a lot of stuff coming out that you'll be able to play to distract you from how lousy the rest of the world is throughout the month. Starting with the PlayStation 5, which is actually starting to get some games released on it, which is really nice for those of us who bought the console early on. Um, first up, if you're into your big time multiplayer games, PVP and PVE and all those kind of terms and Battle Royale. There's a game called Hunter's Arena Legends coming out on August 3. That'll certainly distract you. Um, that is also free on PS Plus, I believe. Yes, it is going to be a freebie, which is what they need to get people to play because if there isn't 30 people playing, then you haven't got much of a game. So yeah, hopefully for them. Um, 
it gets some audience. It's got a nice vampire woman with big boobs on the art cover. So. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I'm just saying it it's as it's seven a.m. It. It's too early for you to be this horny. <laughs> I'm just saying it as I see it, Alan. It's not me. It's not my fault. They should they should dress the characters up more if they don't want me to comment. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Matt, no. <laughs> All right, break out the Jordan Peterson voice. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Um, The Falconer Warrior Edition comes out on August 5. It's got a nice bird on the cover, and I actually do mean bird, not not the others. (laughs) Not not more jokes. Um, But that's a BAFTA nominated air combat game where you play as a bird and attack other birds. That's why it's called Falconer. So it's coming out on August 5. Uh, also on August 5, there is a Strategic Mind Blitzkrieg. That is a turn-based strategy game set in World War II, because there hasn't been one of those before. But who knows, maybe this one will be really good. It's on PlayStation 5. We haven't had one of those on PS5 yet, so there you go. Um, Godfall Fire and Darkness comes out on August 10. Did anybody play Godfall at all? No, is that the game that came out that everyone yeah. didn't know about and no one gave a shit about? Yeah, that's the launch game on PlayStation 5 that was absolutely terrible. And for some reason, they've got a big time expansion coming out. I don't know why. For the two fans of it on the planet. There you go. Fire and Darkness, August 10. Um, speaking of expansions, Assassin's Creed Valhalla gets the Siege of Paris on August 12. So you can be a Viking attacking Paris now. That's good, I'm sure. Content. Mm. Yeah. On August <laughs> on August 13, Hades comes out on PlayStation 5. If you haven't played that yet, then something's wrong with you, but you can play it on PS5 then as well. That's a really good roguelike, that is. And then we move to sports titles. August 17, we got Madden NFL 22. If you like your Maddens, then you finally get one on PlayStation 5. I assume that's the first one that's native to PS5. Like, or is it Yeah, it will be. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? So usually EA screws up the first one on a generation big time. Um, just from track records, the first Madden on PS4 was pretty terrible, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, you always skip the first year. It's just a rule of thumb. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like they just... FIFA, NHL... Just yeah. don't. Yeah, it takes them a while to get their engines ready for the new gen. So I'm not expecting much from this one. But if you are a fan of uh, of NFL, then you haven't really got much of a choice, have you? You're going to play that. On There's some Ghost of Tsushima thing, which I'm not paying attention to, because screw that. That does come out in August if you're a fan of that game, but whatever. Um, that's kind of it. For the PS5. Well, isn't isn't Psychonauts also coming out on PS5? In August? Not according to this yeah, list. August 27th. Not according to this list. Oh, PS, it's coming out on PS4. There's no PS5 version. That's my fault, yeah. Well, we've got to get to the PS4. So let's jump over there, shall we? Yeah. Alan's ahead of me. I want to get Psychonauts. She's yeah. literally the most excited I've been about a game that I've waited for. For like, oh my god. Oh, no, 17 years. <laughs> All right, so on PlayStation 4, oh. before we get to Psychonauts, that's later on in the month, first up, we have a game called Dodgeball Academia coming out on August 5. And <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played a dodgeball game in quite a while, but 
I used to like the various dodgeball games that got released, so I am mildly intrigued by what that one might offer. Uh, but then we've also got so on the PlayStation 4 for some reason, into in addition to Strategic Mind Blitzkrieg, which was also coming out on PlayStation 5, there's also Strategic Mind the Pacific, which I would imagine is the version that is on boats between us, the US and Japan. Um, same period World War Two, so you get two on PlayStation 4 uh, if you want to play those. If you're into your turn-based strategy games, uh, there's two of them on PS4. Zenjin comes out on August 6 on the PlayStation 4. That is an anime-infused action RPG and roguelike. So there's been a few of those <laughs> um, over the years. You get another one on August 6. Moving on, Godfall comes out on PlayStation 4 on August 10. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure that's the game most people were looking forward to. Yeah, that's uh, the game the... that it could only run on the PS5 except for when it runs on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they managed to find a way to make it work on PS4. There you go. Good on them, I guess. I'm sure it'll pick up a lot of fans on the PS4. Yeah, everyone's sure. clambering for Godfall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On August 13, Paw Patrol the movie Adventure City Calls. That's going to be the oh, game of the year for sure. Speed run tech, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be ready for that. Paw Patrol. Uh, yeah. Madden's also coming out on the PlayStation 4, so who knows? Maybe it's good on that. Who knows? Who knows? Or it might be the Legacy one, which is literally just the updated rosters. Like they do with I'd, say, on the Switch. I'd say Paw Patrol is better than Madden. Probably. It's going to be better than that, but anyway. <laughs> Probably. Oh, here's an interesting one. August 18, Tetris Effect Connected comes out. Uh, that yeah. is the original Tetris Effect with all new co-op and competitive online and local multiplayer modes. I could see myself losing a lot of time. Competitive Tetris Effect. That was Wait, a good how game. How PlayStation only just got it? Oh, is it that already Xbox on Xbox, is it? Yeah. Uh, okay, there you go. 12 months ago. Right, so that's what we get for not caring about the trans console. <laughs> it's coming out on PlayStation as well, isn't that good? Um, oh, here's one that I've been interested in for quite a while King's Bounty 2. That's coming out on August 24, and it is a tactical turn based kind of fantasy RPG thing. If you go and look up uh, screenshots, it actually looks really good. Um, so I've been looking forward to that, I've had it on my radar all year so it's finally coming out that's august 24 aliens fireteam elite comes out on august 24 as well that could be okay that could genuinely be okay because it's left for dead with aliens okay so it's left for dead for aliens it's not being made by gearbox so it's probably it there's a chance it's not going to be ass yeah yeah <laughs> yeah can you join the aliens and let the aliens rule the world no, because it's a game where you shoot them with gun and they go, yeah. Bleh! Not everything can be resolved with violence. Disagree. Hard I disagree. Have, I have been waiting for a HD re-release or anything, um, you know, like they did with the Turok games, for example. Just AVP? Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aliens vs. Predator. I really love the original Aliens vs. Predator. I even played that a lot online um, back when I was younger and more into first-person shooting things, but... Yeah, I really liked uh, AVP. I was a predator. I did good. I 
killed lots of human dudes. That was a I really it was good like really violent as well. Like for that it, time, that was extremely violent. Yeah, it was really fast, very violent, and uh, the differences between the three were really significant. So the campaigns themselves were very felt different because you got to play as all three, and um, the multiplayer had a really good texture to it thanks to the three very different races. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was so much better than the movies. I mean, that's like literally the <laughs> lowest bar you could set. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking forward to the movies because of the games. Uh, I think a AVP was probably the last time I really loved a, a first-person shooter. So I still, ju they just need to re-release it. Don't do anything. Don't touch it. Don't mess with it. Just re-release it uh, like they did with Turok. And Psychonauts is still not on this list. So what times are coming oh, out, Alan? Tell me. 27th. No, 25th, 20th, sorry. 25th. Yeah. Okay. That game will be phenomenal because it just will be, and I don't care. <laughs> but you're going to play it on easy mode, aren't you, Alan? Yeah, I'm going to play it on easy mode. I'm going to shit and piss and fart the entire time. <laughs> no one can stop me. No one can tell me I'm playing it wrong. I don't give a shit. No, that game's going to be really good. I'm excited. I'm extremely excited. Like I said, I've been waiting for that game for like 16, 17 years. That came. It's it, it's so creative already. Like the stuff that I've seen, I've actively tried to avoid looking at it, but like it just looks great, like just wonderful, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean the first one was so loved. I'm not surprised. There's a lot of hype for this new one. Um, it's like a oh, quiet well, hype though. It's not like gamer hype. It's just a bunch of nerds being like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, Psychonauts time," <laughs> which I kind of like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's pretty yeah, low key for a release that's probably going to do quite well but it is also it on well. xbox game pass as well so if you have an xbox console and you are subscribed to the game pass you will get it access or to you, it and it's worth or, it or you could do the right thing and just buy it i have bought it already not so you i'm I, talking i'm talking to the people out there listening to the podcast alan don't uh, don't subscribe to game pass it's bad buy games no, I, I have i have done it to game pass because i don't want to buy games on the xbox Ooh, alan alan <laughs> i already have a ps5 i don't want to buy things on the xbox one naughty <laughs> yeah whatever switch switch releases for august because there's going to be a lot of those um dragon Can star you skip all the ones that are bad <laughs> yeah i'm trying to we'll have like uh, three games dragon yeah. star vania comes out on august 3 that was actually pretty neat uh it's a combo heart rpg and it played heavy heavily on fairy tale traditions and stuff it's a mix of kind of uh, visual novel length cutscenes and turn-based combat i quite liked it on ps4 actually i liked it a lot and i'll give it a go on switch see how it goes they're usually not the world's greatest ports but as long as it's playable which it should be it should be a good time anyway um now i'm scrolling through all the stuff that i don't care about the falconer comes out on switch as well again that is the bafta nominated air combat game where you play as a bird that comes out on August 5. Dodgeball Academia comes out of Switch as well. That's probably where I'll play it, I guess. Because Dodgeball seems like a thing you want to play on a handheld. Zenjin comes out on August 6 on Switch as well. So that's good. Um, there's an awful lot of games that I'm scrolling past which just don't seem to be very interesting at all. Oh, here's one that's going to be a sleepy hit, I think. Shadowverse Champions Battle comes out on August 10. Now, Shadowverse is one of those mobile phone card games which looks and feels a little bit like hearthstone um this one 
is coming out on Switch as a full-priced game, so no microtransactions, which is good because most card games have those really annoying loot boxes or not loot boxes, um, card packs that you've got to buy. But this one is everything's on the, the, the game itself when you purchase it up front. And it's got a, a narrative mode, so it's a little bit like Pokemon trading card game from the Game Boy Color, but in 3D and stuff. I, the demo's available now. You can go and play it. I've been playing through the review build of it, and it's going to be a positive review. I really enjoy it. And so single player, you don't have to play multiplayer too. You can just enjoy the card game without having to deal with all the stuff that usually comes with card games these days. Um, still going through. Love Squire is a romantic comedy oh, visual. No, no, no I said Here things that weren't bad. Screenshots, <laughs> go to post screenshots on the Twitter for Alan's benefit here. Oh, a romantic nice. comedy visual novel dating simulator with a nostalgic touch of old school JRPG combat. Oh, Let's no. Have Let's have a look. Let's <laughs> Google up Love Squire screenshots. Harvey, can you make him stop? I'm curious, Squire as in like the guy that helps the knight? No, Squire. E.S. Squire. Oh, what does that mean? It's I don't know, but it sounds stupid. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if you're the developer Alan, of that game, good. but like... <laughs> this is good, Alan. It's not. <laughs> this is good. Please do not tweet it at me. <laughs> Please don't. I I tweet it at him. No, don't. <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> uh, you have to see this, Alan. You'll like it. It's, I'm it's not going to like it. It's definitely you. I'm not going to like it, Matt. Okay, I've tweeted at you. Um, it's good. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a game. Moving on. Uh, Paw Patrol comes out on Switch as well. <laughs> if you're into Paw Patrol, that's August 13. Uh, da, 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 vision of a vision of all. This absolutely fucking sucks. Why would you? No. <laughs> No, okay, I, you two need to see this This art. This art is not good enough to justify the amount of titty on display. <laughs> <laughs> is there a ratio? Is it like, you must be this skilled at art in order to... No, it's like, like the, it just looks shit. <laughs> it looks really shit. What is with that castle? It's like a yeah, sword, like and by... it's got a face. <laughs> No, it looks oh. like a castle in the background of the Little Mermaid VHS art where it has, like, penises. <laughs> for, for anybody tuning into the podcast, please do follow Alan on Twitter. It's always fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> on August 24, King's Bounty 2 comes out on Switch as well. That's where I'm going to play it. I am looking forward to that, as I mentioned before. Fantasy, turn-based RPG stuff. Um, it's Western-themed rather than Japanese. But, yeah, it looks good. It looks like my kind of thing. Um, and then I think the big release for the Switch is probably No More Heroes 3. That comes out on August 27. That's going to be a wild good time. Yeah, it's going to be cool as hell. I'm excited. I was saying this before the podcast started recording, but I'm going to probably play that like for the first time ever and be a big No More Heroes boy for the first time ever. Yeah, it's going to be good. Go back and play the early ones. I might. If it goes on sale on on the Switch, I might do it. You know, it's like one of those <laughs> things where. I, I just was not willing to spend that much money on them because, like, I knew that I probably wouldn't like them, like, a, a lot, but I knew I'd like them enough to justify it at some point. Yeah, they're interesting games. Yeah. I like the part where you go, 
you know. Yeah. No, they, they do have good energy. They're, they're very much Goichi Suda specials, so you probably know what you're getting going into them. But, yeah, they, they are good. I, I, I like them. Uh, and then there's one more release on Switch, which is worth mentioning. Prinny presents Nipponichi Classics. Class, Prinny presents Nis Classics Volume One, which is two older Nipponichi RPGs in the one pack. Um, you're looking at like, God knows, hundred hours of gameplays in those two. They're both pretty well respected titles, so. I think that one will probably go go down pretty well for JRPG fans. And that's a Switch exclusive, August 31 for that one, so right at the end of the month. All right, so Trent, if you have to pick one game this month, what are you going to pick? I, I'm just going to play Last of Us games. I'm going to sit here, I'm going to play Neo, World Dance with you. I'm going to play Animal Crossing. I'm sure that's your, like, answer every month. Right? I'm going to play yeah, Animal Crossing. You're just going to say, I'm going to play Animal Crossing. It's been the same answer for 12 months at this point. <laughs> Mate, well, well, there's a new update, you know, and the data mine suggests that, you know, Barista's finally coming in the next update. We've got we to be patient. And, you know, it's all about, you know, drinking that bubble tea, which is now in the game. <laughs> oh, no, they've caved. <laughs> the cool. <laughs> Harvard, what's uh, what's your pick? Um, well, uh, no offense to all the games we talked about, but this is a bit of a nothing month. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything that on this list that makes me super excited. Uh, so I will not give the Trent answer and say I'm just gonna try Falconer. Let's let's play that game this month. Falconer, yeah, that looks alright. It has a BAFTA, whatever that means, Alan. Uh, it means it speaks like this, it does. <laughs> that's, that's sounds, like, sounds like you guys are playing all the games from, like, the Xbox. Yeah, but, yeah. On, but on consoles that are worth playing them on. You know, I played Falconer when it first came out, and I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. It just felt really weird and boring. So that's my two cents. Don't play Falconer. My man's out here talking about like Falconer being boring when he's playing a, like Animal Crossing for the eleventh month when there's been no content. <laughs> it's like ah, uh, I've I've been dreading opening Animal Crossing honestly because I know that I've not touched it since like September last year. You're gonna have a lot of cockroaches to. Keep it too. Oh, everything's gonna, gonna be like, like one giant up. weed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have so much weed, dude. <laughs> I'm going to look forward to Psychonauts. Psychonauts for you, Alan? Psychonauts, yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, as I mentioned in my list, I'm going with King's Bounty 2. I'm genuinely looking forward to that. I haven't played a Western-style tactics fantasy thing for for ages, so it is a genre I like, and I'm looking forward to that one. I'm also looking forward to that thing that I tweeted at Alan, just because... Okay, so I just want to take a look at it. And it is a it is a parody of um what what's that Michelangelo's artwork where um Adam oh, is like the, reaching yeah, out to God Adam right? and the God yeah but instead of God of but instead of Adam it's uh it's a anime protagonist who has no eyes and we all know what that means and instead of God it's multiple anime gods <laughs> yeah it's not only is it shitting on classical art but it's also bad <laughs> so you know I'm not mad I'm just pissed. <laughs> anyway, 
I I'm pretty sure I'm going to give it a five out of five star just no, because it's that, completely I'm leaving. Leaving. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking the I house. Do. That's what I do. Uh, so on that note, let's go to some music. I get to pick uh, music. I get to pick music. It's Psychonauts okay. music. Psychonauts music? Okay, that's okay. You can pick Psychonauts music. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so the theme of this podcast this month is remakes and remasters and re-imaging. And what other re's can you do? Re-release, I guess. Rebuild. Rebuild. Re-stuff. Taking games from yesteryear and bringing them into the modern era. What is the way to do it? Uh, Which ways do we prefer? Do we want developers to kind of stick to the original vision? as close as possible, or do we actually want to see them completely redo the games, I guess? Fix um, the busted stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what works, what doesn't. That's really the, the core theme of this month's podcast. Um, there wasn't anything that in particular inspired it, I guess, but there's always re-things coming out every, every month anyway. So uh, just before we recorded this podcast, the first wave of the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters came out on PC and mobile. So let's start with talking about them, I guess, as a way of introing into the subject. Um, they came out, so that you can get now Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 
with this new re-release. And I, I was interested in it mostly for Final Fantasy three because yeah, it is three is the good one. Yeah. No, well, no, 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 no. Three's for, for a number of reasons. Firstly, this version of three hasn't actually been released in English before. The only re- version of Final Fantasy three that was previously available in English was the three D remake, which they produced for the DS ages ago. Uh, and then ported to other platforms. But this kind of 2D pixel version of Final Fantasy III, which does have a slightly different story and approach, that one hasn't been available before in English. So that was that was my hook. That's what got me into buying these things on Steam. And I'm not disappointed with them, but they do highlight, I guess, some of the issues that I have with remakes potentially. So these games have really good art for a start. The developers have really kind of made sure they captured the original appeal of those games while making the sprites a little bit more detailed and whatever for 2021 um but yeah they're they're nicely nostalgic and they've remastered the soundtrack in a way which is quite effective uh the music is really nice it captures the original appeal but does again modernize it for 2021 um, so it's all going good until a dialogue box pops up and then you see the font that they've chosen for uh, the game and the font is bad. Like, I think that that's with right. capital P. And it, it kind of highlights the point that uh, if you're going to remake a game, for me, the most important thing is that there is consistency with the quality of the remake, that everything looks like it's meant to be together and they've got art which is you know nostalgic enough they've got music which is nice and nostalgic but then they've got this hyper modern font that they've used for the text and if it was placed on another game where it's kind of native to the game then i'd be happy happier with it i think it's quite a readable font but in the context of final fantasy remakes or the pixel remasters it's horrible and it doesn't work and it clashes with it and it kind of ruins the aesthetic of of the game surprises me Right, is the fact that they they know that there is a good font for Final Fantasy because they've used a good font for Final Fantasy for literally every other modern Final Fantasy game, and yet they chose something that is just... It's not, like, offensive. It's just bad, you know? Like, I would well, be like so said, much... Was, I'd be so was... much more chill with it if they just actively, outwardly said, like, all right, we're using Comic Sans because fuck, why not? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, I would love that. Like, we're going to use Papyrus for every bit of dialogue because, you know, I, we want to. Well, I would respect again, that I mean, so much that, more. That font would work on other games fine. Um, it just doesn't work against the pixel art. Uh, it, it just doesn't. And I can only assume that they chose it because maybe it's clear on a small mobile screen. But, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's not a good font. Not for these games. The other thing, but Square Enix. Oh. Sorry, I've just uh, just quickly finished with it. Still, Square still Enix, mad. Yeah, I'm not mad. It's just Square Enix does this a lot with their remasters uh, and so re-releases as such. Uh, one of the issues that I've had, and I've talked about on the podcast in the past, with the Final Fantasy seven, eight, and nine re-releases that Square Enix has done, that they go to the effort to HD up their characters um, so that they're all kind of clear on modern consoles but because they can't touch the backgrounds the backgrounds are still fuzzy from the playstation era and because they're pre-rendered so it would be a they'd need to completely redraw them 
to to clean clean them up. So as a result, you've got these really high quality or quite clear uh, 3D models running around on fuzzy backgrounds, and it it just breaks with the aesthetic in a way that the original games didn't. And I would rather that they just kept the the fuzzy character models if that's what it was, if that's what they needed to do, to keep the consistency. For me, the most important thing with any remake is that they keep the quality of the original, uh, and these Square Enix efforts don't always do that, unfortunately. I watched an interesting video where they actually explained how the the PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy games looked a lot better because they were designed for CRT TVs. So the way that they rendered colors um, was done in a way that was that would show up more brightly and more defined using older technology. And the reason why it looks so bad now is because we all have flat screens and we can see all the imperfections that were intentional. Um, so I wonder if something like... You know how uh, Sega does the does the remasters of the Genesis games where they mimic what the old CRT TV would look like on your screen. I wonder if that could have been a solution for Square Enix to look at as well. Yeah, I think that would have helped. But again, I think it, if they just kept the character models the same as the originals, if they didn't clean them up so that they looked more like they were a part of the background, it's it, it would have been better. No, Sometimes. but the old character models had like five pixels for faces. <laughs> remember that? Remember yeah, that Leon but, meme? You're the best but, looking guy here. Yeah, you're that, the best looking guy here. His face is like someone just smushed like an <laughs> ice cream sandwich all over his face. That's great. But that would have kept the consistency, you know. That's the thing. For me, the most important thing is that they keep consistency. Where the original had character models and backgrounds, which blurry as they were, did... They, they were consistent. These re-releases that they've done have lost that quality. And as a result, I feel like they're visually uh, less less immersive. They're less... Uh, the suspension of disbelief is a lot harder for me with those games. Uh, and it's... I don't know what the solution would be if, um, if those character models would look even worse in their fuzzy version of modern consoles. I don't know. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the, the approach that Square Enix has taken with those is necessarily the, the right one for the aesthetics of those games. I think yeah, I mean, like... Go, oh, no, you go for it. Uh, going back to the Sega idea is that is that they give you choices, right? They give you the choice to represent it pixel for pixel and exactly the way that you would have seen it originally. And they also give you the choice to say, hey, we've made a few modern touch-ups. Would you like to use these? And it's your choice. So if you grow up with the game, you can make it look as, as bad as you, or as good as you remember it being. And if you want to see what it would look like with some modern tech added to it, then you can. Uh, I remember the R-Type remake did this as well. And they made entire 3D models for all of the ships and all of the enemies, which you can just turn off and turn to pixels. And that is probably not good uh, financial expense because half the entire game is not being used. But I think that's the kind of attitude that a really respectful direct uh, developer takes to remaster a game is so that if you want it the original way, you can have it. And if you want the benefit of modern technology, because maybe you didn't grow up with this game, you have that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the expensive way of doing things. But then again, Square Enix has the resources and they certainly charge enough for these things anyway. 
Final How Fantasy. many times has everyone bought Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3? Yeah, I mean, Fun, Final Fantasy 1, this pixel remaster is like 13 bucks, which is pretty expensive. That for is absurd game. for a game that is, like, what, 30 years old? Yeah, yeah that'll exactly. be my, like, fifth time buying Final Fantasy 1. It's Only a good five? game. But... Only five? <laughs> God. I have, like, 70 different versions of that game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Square Enix can obviously afford it. The thing is, Square Enix does re-releases which are quite traditional in a lot of ways uh otherwise like the um legend of manor is it legend of manor yeah recent one that i don't understand how they put on to um thing out here they must have very different teams remastering different things because the the um what's it there's the mana collection on switch and the uh final fantasy legend what's that series the saga collection on switch are excellent remasters, excellent collections. Why well, didn't they do that? For they're, they're just they're just flat re-releases. But yeah, but that, the, the, the package to, is amazing, that, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Square Enix does that. They just release some of their old games uh, in all their old glory on these things as well. And people, I, I think those are better in a lot of ways than these uh, efforts to touch things up um, because they do maintain their consistency. Like, I love the Saga games. They're black and white and Game Boy-ish and, and very um, old-looking to the eyes now, but because they haven't gone and added random colours to bits and pieces of the game, it looks a lot more consistent to play on Switch, so I much prefer that. It's like the George Lucas thing, you know. Um, Star Wars didn't need touching up, but George Lucas keeps popping in to, to fix bits of his old films, and in the process, he's kind of ruining those films. Um, so yeah, Square Enix has these habits, this really weird habit with some of its titles, especially Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, where it touches up stuff that doesn't need to, to re-release these things. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's an attitude that a lot of people are taking now for some reason where they'll just look at, um, like their old work and say, oh no, no, we can, we can make it better now. Like now with our knowledge that we know at this current point, we're going to make it the best that it possibly can be. And that's not necessarily the way that it is because a lot of those things are built around the limitations of the time. And a lot of the, the things that make those games charming or like nice for people to play now, they're things that like, if you change something like the font, it's just aesthetically weird. It doesn't make sense. It's like it's like trying to uprez everything and in the process kind of ruining it. It's like removing the fog in Silent Hill. Like it doesn't it doesn't actually make the game better. It makes it markedly worse. And well that's exactly like, right. I mean that was a great it's a, example. it's a lack of understanding on the part of the remake team. And also in the Silent Hill case, it's literally Konami's fault. It's just Konami's fault for losing the files. Like they suck. Yeah. Um, that was the, that was a really good example, wasn't it? Like the the re-releases of what was it, Silent Hill two and three? Two and three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those games, you're right. They were limited back when they originally developed them. So the fog was a solution in a way to a technical issue, um, but they did it in a way that added atmosphere to the game, and it became so core to the experience that removing it definitely lessened the experience itself. So. Yeah, that's that's the point. If you are going to just straight re-release something, uh, then my view is you should not be making small changes as well in the process. I honestly think the best change that can be made to any video game is to add a speed up function 
because yes. a lot of old games have a lot of time-wasting elements, and you get rid of that instantly by adding a speed-up. Yeah, like and doing... the Final Fantasy games do that, which is a good thing. Yeah. I do agree with that. Uh, I was thinking especially... about FF10 particularly, because you can get through a lot of that game's most tedious moments by just using the speed-up function, and it makes it so much better. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Those kinds of small quality-of-life things are a good thing, um, but they don't detract from the experience itself. Uh, you can still enjoy everything about Final Fantasy X with that speed-up option. You just, like you say, push through the the stuff that uh, doesn't work in a modern context so well. Um, yeah, well, I it's... Kind of there. But, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I do agree that that's, uh, that's a good good approach. And actually, yeah, I think I... Final Fantasy X and twelve are good examples of oh, re improves itself a hundred thousand percent by adding the speed up function like well, it is they are they are good examples of um re-releases that they don't touch up stuff that they don't need to they're just small quality of life improvements but the, the core experience the aesthetics and all of that is maintained which is what i think is better for a re for a re-release if you're going once again if you're going to re-release something then you should be aiming to make as few changes that aren't necessary for quality of life uh, as possible. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not about changing stupid visual things, because realistically, if you're buying a remake of a video game, a remaster, whatever, um, of a video game, you're not going in there expecting, like, the greatest graphics that you've ever seen. No, you're not. You can't be doing that. What you should be expecting is an experience that is comparable to what it would have been like to play it on original release, but with the knowledge that things can be updated and fixed. It's why I got so angry at the whole um, series of ports they made for like the Metal Gear Solid games, where a lot of the, the control stuff should have been fixed for MGS2 and MGS3. MGS3 less so, but MGS2 definitely. Um, and they released that on the Vita, and they released it on PlayStation 3, and they just didn't fix some of the stuff that could have been fixed really easily, just like for user interface stuff. And it, it shocks me. And then you have other things. Not a fan of Konami. I I really don't like Konami. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and it's also yeah. they suck. <laughs> it's also an art thing, right? It's also an art thing that yeah the the original game was a vision uh, of the original artist, and you do need to keep that in mind too if you're going to re-release something. If you if the goal is to just kind of tap into that original game and give people that experience again then you do need to give them the experience that was originally intended by the creators. So, yeah. I mean, things yeah. change, and I guess we'll talk about that you know, in the next section, but things change if you're going to remake a game. Um, then... Oh, it's what, hugely different. Like, yeah, talking, it's hugely... Like, it's a different type of game. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think with re-releases or remasters as well. Remasters are much the same thing. Um, I, I prefer a softer touch, I think, in terms well, of I mean, the, the original vision. The one that annoys me the most out of all the remakes and remasters um, is the Call of Duty 4 remaster that they released, which it's didn't include all the DLC. Game. No. No. They released Call of Duty 4 um, as a pre-order bonus for, I think, Advanced Warfare or some garbage. Oh, you mean that one? Yeah, and then they also uh, released the DLC packs for that game, but they didn't release all the DLC. They didn't include it in the base game. They released it separately, which you then had to buy in a re-release re of the original game, which is just... They 
re- remake the entirety of Modern Warfare? Yeah, they did, yeah. And that's it's a different game? Yeah. Huh. No, I'm not trying to defend it. It's the dumbest, absolute garbage that I've ever seen in my life. It's so bad. It it makes me so angry because, like, why would you, you know, why would you bother to release a game and say, oh, this is the HD definitive version of the game, and then say, oh, yeah, by the way, here's, like, the content that we stole away from it. <laughs> to make money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure they release right? like the same game each year. They're technically all the same game. You just shoot people, you shoot the bad not guys. The same game. Oh, I'm gonna, I think the I'm thing about, mod- though, about Modern Warfare or COD Four though is that when you re when you re-release a game like that, you're effectively making a statement to say that yes, technology has changed this much over this much time, but the original vision is still value is still valuable is still timeless in a way that not all games from that period are, right? So it's still good that they're valuing the choices they made in that original title, but you're I mean, right, it, the DLC thing is awful. The, yeah, the, the DLC shooter, thing is just like blatant crash grab. <laughs> the, shoot, the shooter genre is probably a good example. Like, if they were to take GoldenEye, for example, let's talk about GoldenEye. If they were going to re-release GoldenEye... Let's talk about GoldenEye on the other section. <laughs> if they were going to re-release GoldenEye, right, and we're talking about a re-release here, not a remake, a re-release. If they're going to re-release GoldenEye, then I would want them to fix the controls, obviously, because uh, it's pretty unplayable. Yeah, it's pretty unplayable <laughs> uh, by today's standards. Uh, I have actually tried to play GoldenEye in a not-too-distant past, and it's just it's difficult. But I would not want them to go and do HD character remodels because the environments don't work with would not work with modern character models. And I wouldn't want them to touch the AI up either because the AI is pretty chunky by today's standards. But what I remember about GoldenEye, what I loved about it was the AI at the time because it was interesting, it was different, it was pushing things forwards. So if they were to change that or touch it up or fix it or whatever they wanted to, to, to term it, I would... I would have a big problem with that. I would want them to preserve the experience of GoldenEye, just um, make it accessible in 2021. So, yeah, I mean, in saying that, if they were going to re-release GoldenEye, they would go and fix all the stuff that I didn't want them to fix, and it wouldn't be the same experience, and I'd be pretty disappointed with it. But the game industry works. HD graphics. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. They would. They would. You just know if they were going to re release GoldenEye, they would HD up all the character models so they'd look stupid against those backgrounds, which are pretty empty, which they wouldn't really touch. And it would just look like a mess. You that's just know that's the source, the source mod, uh, GoldenEye Source, that was a pretty cool mod. That was fun. That was playable. That was cool. It looked nostalgically yeah, it was, close. Yeah, that was a good mod. Was, yeah. Yeah. I haven't played that in years. I haven't thought about that in absolute years. Oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> It's like nostalgia just like hit me really, really hard. Cool. <laughs> Yo, they should do that. Does it even still exist anymore? It's probably gone. I think it it's does, probably, yeah. probably been deleted. Deleted off the internet. It's good. On that note, shall we go to some music and then come back and talk about remakes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, music, Harvard, pick a song, any song. Uh Overworld theme from Fantasy One.
Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so we just talked about re-releases. Let's talk about remakes now. So this is when a developer takes a base game and basically puts their own vision over the top of it. And to talk about Square Enix again, I guess, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake is a good example, I think, of this done well, this done very, very well indeed, that the game is almost, I mean, it, it follows the broad plot line of the original Final Fantasy VII, but really it's its own thing in every level. And I don't it's think it's even a remake. Vision. Having played it, it's not a remake. It's it's its own existing. It's yeah, like it's how almost, Burgess it's Cerberus like is Final, in its own thing. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like Final Fantasy VII, a second vision, if that makes sense. It's like Final it, Fantasy VII two. Well, because Final Fantasy VII two implies it's a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. It's more like it kind of is. <laughs> it, it's like Final Fantasy VII in a parallel universe where the original Final Fantasy VII didn't exist. Um, but then it also, because it's quite subversive to the original Final Fantasy VII's plotline, it deliberately changes things around to throw players. The game wouldn't be the same if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII as well. So it kind of, um, it's almost like a response to Final Fantasy VII, if that makes sense. To make it's it like, sound hip and happening with the kids, it's like what's going to happen with the MCU once, uh, you know, once the multiverse is in there and they decide we want to bring back Iron Man, but we don't want to pay Robbie Downey Jr. And then, bam, recast, different multiverse, different remake story thing, but it's the new universe. No, but That's it's kind of more than that. It's like, it's like aesthetically interesting in the way that it plays with the original game <laughs> compared to Marvel <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure but on like, some stuff level that will make sense but no I get you the thing that like got me about that game was the fact that it is so willing to just say I mean we're we just gonna go full on spoiler uh, I haven't played it all yet. Oh, Final Fantasy VII's been around long enough. I don't, you know, people will tune out. If no, they... I mean like the remake. I mean the remake. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Final Fantasy VII okay. remake. So yeah, the, the point of that game by the end of it is the recognition that everything has happened before and everyone knows that it's happened before, but no one knows exactly what's happened before except for Aerith and Sephiroth. Everyone else is like, oh, this is bad. There's ghosts. But then you have two characters who are clearly in the know about what's happened before and know what's going to happen. And I think that's really, really cool as like a, like, that's why I'm saying it's not really a, it's not really a remake. It's more of a sequel in that regard because it is sort of going down that route of, oh yeah, this is what happened before. It's like a time loop thing. So. Yeah. So that's, my, that's why I quite like my idea of calling it a response. Um, it's a call and response, I guess. Yeah. So if Final Fantasy seven is, the question as such final fantasy 7 remake is the response to that so you, you don't know this but you just use the exact terminology at the the new south wales high school curriculum uses to refer to like uh things like um mrs dalloway and the hours so oh really oh, it's, a, it's a real thing it's it's out there there you go so i just applied it to video games on the first one um, claiming IP on it, you have to pay me if you're going to pull things. He's gaming. Yeah, it's my term. I've copyrighted it. I've actually already put the application in. It's mine. You can't use it, anybody else. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably the most extreme example of a remake as, as such that we've seen. Um, 
I don't know. What are some other examples? Well, I mean, to go makes... back to GoldenEye, do you guys remember GoldenEye Reloaded on the Wii? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good example of an absolutely terrible remake. No, okay. I like that game because it was fun and I wanted to have a Call of Duty game on my Wii. And it was a Call of Duty game with James Bond painted over the top of it. And I yeah, liked but that. It totally missed the point of GoldenEye. Like, it, it was. Nah, still it was... shoot people with a gun. That's pretty much the point of GoldenEye. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, when you think about what GoldenEye was great for, what people loved about GoldenEye was it felt non-linear, right? As one, the thing. multiplayer was what a lot of people were there for, and that I was mean, done. Right, like... yeah, but also it, it felt non-linear. Like it, it felt like you had these kinds of objectives to achieve. the The levels were open by those days standards i mean these days it looks it's pretty nonsense but back in those days it was like you have to explore the level to to solve these uh objectives it wasn't just go from point a to point b shooting everything can move on like shooters were before goldeneye and the we one just lost sight of that completely and it was a very we one was just call of duty yeah yeah it was just call of duty it was linear levels it didn't really have objectives um it it just yeah it, it missed the point of what people loved about goldeneye completely yeah. but it was a good call of duty and that's all that matters yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i don't know solace oh that's a game um what, what, what about the that warcraft 3 remake uh <laughs> when we're all not gonna play that though so why does it matter no, uh, no, no! It's already come out, and it's utter shit. So was that yeah, a yeah. remake, or was that a re- just a re-release? No, they, they said it was a remake, and then they took away all the features that made it a remake. So now it was just technically a re-release, <laughs> and then they went over it and said, "If you make anything in this game, we're going to steal it." <laughs> oh, that's so, right! It was the mod thing that upset people. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, but yeah, also. Uh, the Diablo 2 remake, which I will not be playing now for reasons everyone's probably very aware of, makes me very sad because I want to play Diablo 2. But was that really a remake though? Because again, isn't it just yeah? They were they built over it. They had to build over the game to do right. it. Right. Yeah, because the original game ran at like 12 frames a second or something. Um, yeah, so... but is, is upping the frame rate really a a remake? No, they've like rebuilt the game based off of that, so it's still using the same like calculations and stuff, but they've had to rebuild everything else on top of it, which is why you can then swap between the two forms at the same time. I'd yeah. argue it is, but like barely. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like Demon Souls. I mean, realistically, the only thing they changed with Demon Souls was just the visuals, but I would say that it goes so far into like fixing some others, like tiny, tiny, small things with Demon Souls that it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, Demon Souls, you, you are right. I mean, Demon Souls is... Is Demon Souls a remake? Is Demon Souls a remake? Demon Souls is a remake. They fixed some things. They added in that like bit at the end, which means you can skip past that dickhead dragon. <laughs> which everyone hated. Everyone hated that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really like Demon Souls. I think that that was a good example of it, uh, whatever it is. But I'm just not sure if I would term it a remake or a remaster. It's not a re-release because it's, it's all the blue point stuff, really. Like yeah. the Shadow of the Colossus one as well was also fantastic. Which is it's excellent, but again, it questions whether it's a a, a real remake or a remaster. I think the lines are blurred there. For me, a remake is something a lot more substantial. Like I'm thinking not just Final Fantasy VII, but also the Trails of Mana 
remake that they made, whereas it's an entirely new game. They took the the worst voice acting in the world, yes. It does have the worst voice acting, but they did take a 2D game and make it 3D in a way that was just transformative. It was a completely different experience. Really good. I really love both the original and the remake. But that, for me, is an actual remake. That's where a remake is where it's only based on the original property but it is its own creative vision i mean that's kind of the way i think about it that it's just so entirely different that the director of the remake is really the artist behind it whereas a remaster like demon souls for example demon souls is still miyazaki's work it's just it's been touched up by bluepoint in a very significant way but well then what's the reboot then sorry (laughs) what's a reboot then a reboot, reboot is just a new game in the series, isn't it? Yeah, a reboot's really just a, a, a new game for me. Okay, so a remaster is a game that has been touched up. A re-release is a game that has not been touched up and it's just being put up. A remake is taking something from the ground up and redoing it. And then a reboot is a sequel that rebuilds the entire canon. Yes, and a reboot is just a marketing term whenever a developer is like, we're going to make a new game in the series, which didn't sell well, so we killed it. No, 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 let's let's put this within it's logic. Okay, so 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 a remake. Oh no, uh, wait, where was I up to? A re, uh, what were those terms? Remake, remaster. Yeah, so a remaster is Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword should be yes. remade, and Breath of the Wild is a reboot. No, not really. Breath, reboot, Breath you, gotta, you have to have that Wild time before. I think Breath of the Wild is just a plain sequel. I don't think it's a reboot because yeah. it's not like they were trying to take a series that was unpopular and make it popular by giving another shot um but yeah skyward sword is the example of a remaster because they didn't do too much to it it really needed to be a remake as much as i enjoy skyward sword uh it needed a little bit more work than what they gave it oh it is hot trash it is now sitting in my switch (laughs) with only me playing up until uh the the, when you first get to the first like evil sword guy like the first time you see him it's yes. hot trash then. That's why I bought it. Well, I thought it would be playable. I remember it being playable on the Wii, but it's just not. It's not playable. Hmm. What would you call Link's Awakening HD, Matt? Oh, that's definitely a remake. Yeah, it's 100% a remake. That's 100% a remake. They deliberately made it look like... Or they deliberately made it, you know, keep to, I guess, the aesthetics of the original. Uh, like, they, they definitely tried to recall the original that's what a word i'm looking for they they tried to make sure that you were aware that it was um built on the the, the game boy game but it is definitely a top to bottom remake it's a fundamentally different experience isn't it like a one-to-one re- reproduction of the original game world though yeah but the the aesthetics the change of perspective the additional detail they got through the graphics all of that stuff does make it its own thing um mm. For an example, I guess, of a 3D up res, whatever, that is still just a remaster. I'd say this um, Secret of Mana remake. They called it a remake, but it really is just a take the base we game. We took the game and we turned it 3D. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. And it was terrible. No one liked it, so they didn't. We don't talk about yeah, it Yeah, so they fixed it. They fixed it with Trials of Mana. They, Trials of Mana, they went and actually remade it that time. So, I mean, these, these definitions are fluid it's a bit hard to pin down some games as to what they really are but i think that those are pretty workable de- definitions and for me 
it's only really the remake where it's a, an original creative vision on top of whatever the, the game is that it was based on. And there are some times where I, I don't want them to, to do that much to it either. I would rather it just be a re-release. For example, you said Dead Space somewhere. Um, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm very, concerned, I'm very concerned that Dead Space will be... Oh, I can't wait for them to absolutely cock it. I can't re- wait for them. I, I, reboot. I guess that's an example of something that's a reboot because they're trying to bring a franchise back that was pretty much dead. Franchise yeah. that they <laughs> killed. And my, it my, is in the dead my, space. My big suspicion is that that reboot is going to change the thing in a way that I, I don't yeah. like. It'll probably be its own creative vision. And when I say creative vision, I mean it's going to be a hot mess of loot boxes and microtransactions and content-driven crap. Well, I mean, but, they did it pretty well with the Star Wars game. So I'm hoping that they looked at the Star Wars game and was like, oh, people will, like, actually buy this stuff? Yeah. Oh. They're not going to do that, though. That's Maybe. a good example, actually. Battle, Star Wars Battlefront, the new one, is absolutely no, a I reboot. Meant, but... I meant the... Um... The Dark Souls one, right? Yeah, the Dark Souls one. <laughs> Star Wars Jedi, Dark. Jedi, whatever it was. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. What was it called? I mean... It sold e- really well. EA has the capabilities of respecting their old stuff. The Mass Effect Oh, trilogy. they could not be pieces of shit, but they choose to be. The, the, Mass, the, Mass, <laughs> Effect, the Mass Effect trilogy was, what, a remaster? Yeah, it's a remaster, but... Yeah, <laughs> they didn't touch it too much. It was good. I, I really enjoyed the like, playing through those games again. The bits that they took out were fine. Um, and I still need to go play that. It's good. The, yeah, I forgot about that game existing for a while. In all honesty, the, the graphics are there, so it, it that's a good example of a, a remaster. It doesn't really mess with the original vision in too substantial way, and they've just really kept those games as people remembered them. I would rather <laughs> they do do that with Dead Space. But mm. I, I'm 99% sure that it's going to be a reboot that's going to aggravate me. What really shocks me, right, is that they released the Tony Hawk Pro Skater, um, like HD oh, remake, EA. remaster. Uh, no, Activision did. But <laughs> EA is sitting on SSX and has not done anything with SSX since 2011. And it just confuses me because, like, it, the extreme sport, like vibe is coming back for some reason and i love it and i'm so here for it but no one seems to give a shit about ssx and that's kind of heartbreaking so uh, make that remake that please do that but don't do like the 2011 version because it was bad make like ssx3 again they need to i'll do a big sob alternatively just give suda his money and make it let him make shadows of the damned again <laughs> but like actually to his vision where yeah, it's a, a tiny little fairy girl who screams at you <laughs> Suda was not a fan of Shadows of the Damned I get the, I get he the was a fan of the original version he was not a fan of the new one what? what the original one that he made like his original pitch he was like yeah this would have been cool oh no yeah he was he, he had a great idea but yeah I wanted to make it, that <laughs> in, the, in the interview that I had, had with him uh, about we talked about Shadows of the Damned once and um yeah, you get the strong impression that he was not amused by how that game turned out. So he was being very subtle about it by suitor standards. But yeah, it was pretty obvious. He was like, nah, I, I would rather this game. He got extremely just... fucked on that one. Like it, like, EA. Oh, EA absolutely, EA absolutely screwed him. Like, he made it quite clear that EA was the reason that it turned out the way it did. Well, so... keep in mind, he now owns Garcia Hotspur because Garcia Hotspur appeared in Travis Strikes Again. I don't, yeah, I don't know how the licensing works with all of his He stuff. owns Garcia. 
So mate. there is a chance one day that we'll see the tiny, weird, pixie, very version of, of Shadows of the Dead. And I hope so. He's got to do lollipop chainsaw first. That'll happen. James Gunn's back in the fray, so maybe he'll get back onto it with make, me. Make a... What would I want Lollipop Chainsaw to be? I think I would be just be happy with a remaster. Yeah, just, that, I mean, that yeah. game is stylistic enough that I don't think you need to do anything to it. Yeah, know? just HD it up a bit. Um, you know, up, update the character models, but leave the rest of Give it of a better frame models. rate. Just yeah, frame exactly. rate. Literally just the frame rate. That's all I care about. Honestly, like, at this point, if you release a game and it's a remake of something that came out, like, 10 years ago, if it's not running at 60, I don't like you. And I'm not going to even bother talking to you or playing your game, you know? It's why I liked playing Dark Souls so much, uh, Demon Souls so much, because the the performance mode was just absolutely fantastic, and it improved the quality of the game so much. Like just a simple thing like that. Even I'm playing Rogue Galaxy at the moment, the 2007 JRPG by Level Five, and if that game ran at 60, it would be so much better, just in terms of like game feel. It would just be so much better, and it would be such an easy little thing to just add on and just un unlock the frame rate. I don't care. Do it. I want it. It's all I need. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they need to remake Rogue Galaxy. I think the game... Uh, they do. They do, because it's great. They need to re-release it. Um, they don't need to remake it, you know. Yeah. No, that's what I meant. Like, just unlock the frame rate. Literally, that's all that I can want to do. Like, make it widescreen, unlock the frame rate. That's all. So, <laughs> what about... What would be a game you would like to see fully remade? Like, properly remade... Oh, probably remade, probably Psychonauts 1. Give that game, like, the, the time it deserves, literally. Like, it's, it, I think it would be remiss of me to not point out the fact that Psychonauts 1 technically is a bit of a disaster. Um, a lot of that game really, really struggles under the fact that it is yeah, trying to do so much. Would, would, they be I think that... would, would there be much they could do to remake it? Not just, yeah, remaster it. I'm yeah, talking about the proper, proper re remake. <laughs> Because the only reason that you like that game is you like the story and you like the aesthetic. Because it's a weird Tim Burton movie game. And that's great. But um, the the actual act of playing it... Like, I tried to play it recently and it, it was rough to, like, look at in terms of, like, actually running at a consistent frame rate. And I was playing it on PC as well. And it's just like, oh, it's not good. So, yeah, it, it's... Wouldn't, just, wouldn't, wouldn't a frame rate thing just be a remaster that's a that's a remaster no, but like then fixing the gameplay as well like fixing the fact the powers are not that useful fixing the fact that a lot of the jumps are very very busted and that the fact that the final level is one of the worst things ever made by a human being <laughs> it's like how all platformers are hot trash like they should just remaster any platformer which gets released like you know i wouldn't mind like a jack and daxter one remake or remaster you know because like that game, that game holds up in a lot of ways, but it's also very outdated, and it's it stinks of two thousand and one, you know. <laughs> like what it's about, just aggressively two thousand one. What about you, Trent? What would you like to see remade? Remade? Any game, I'll always buy. It. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, let's say, uh, probably, like maybe like if Konami was nice. Like they revisited the Lost in Blue series and they remade like Survival Kids and the and the sequel, Survival Kids 2, but like released it like in like an upscale sort of way, like for 
Link to Link's Awakening like remake, like something something which is like aesthetically similar to what it was, but still completely different, and you know brings that sort of nostalgic back, but still making it complete like an awesome game. And then they can release the second series game in like English by doing that, and everyone can experience the awesomeness of like crazy helicopter people and actually know what's happening. Yeah, I mean that would be interesting. Probably, I guess it's the same heart, uh, different art sort of attitude, you know? My my concern, I guess, would be if they were going to remake Survival Kids, they'd go and turn it into a survival game, like, I don't know. Build the blocks! <laughs> like Rust or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, if it, if it definitely got, a, like, a new game in, like, the series at this point, it would be, like, a reboot again, like how Lost in Blue was a reboot, and it would be it would be on the Minecraft Rust sort of style frame of thinking. And it would yeah, just that's, be... That's, yeah. I, would, I would imagine that would be how they would actually remake that game. That's sort of to bring it in line with modern stance or whatever. That's what they'd probably do, I would think. I would think. Um, for me, I reckon I'd like to see... I, I reckon Persona 4 would be a game that would be right for a remake, a full remake, I think because I can see that there's a lot of areas where they could take the base Persona 4 that people love and completely reinvigorate the, the, the game by modernising everything in a really significant way. Like the, the character designs, for example, you play Persona 4 now and they're all a little bit, um, well, they're, they're, they're primitive. The character models and stuff are primitive, and that's a character-driven game. So... You could definitely use the power of modern consoles and computers to, to give people a new look at Inabar and everybody's favourite characters and stuff. And then they would also use it as an opportunity to fix the dungeon crawling stuff, which was a little bit primitive back then. But as Persona 5 has since proven, they are able to create much more interesting combat systems when they want to. So they could probably do that as well. Um, I think Persona 4 would probably be the one that deserves a, a full full remake treatment more than anything else. I yeah, think. I'd even go so far as to say Persona 3 needs it more. Oh, Persona 3 could probably more. use it as well, um, but I'm just a fanboy of Persona 4. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, me. I, I, with you, I, though, think, I would love yeah. to see a Persona 1 remake, actually, because I, I just don't have any interest in playing that game because it looks so old. Yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. If they were to do Persona 1 and remake it so it looks and feels like Persona 5 or whatever, that would be something pretty special. Because there's lots yeah. of people which came to the series. Like, I came to the series with the Vita, like, port 4. Like, and there's so many people which came with 5. So no one's, you know, I, I haven't gone back to play the older games uh, because I just hear bad things about them in terms of if you liked 4 and liked all these enhancements in the newer ones, you're probably going to not like the originals. So, Well, I mean, Persona yeah. 3, people who like Persona 4 will like Persona 3. They're fundamentally the same thing. Oh, uh, they're, they're very unkind, though. Uh, P3 is extremely unkind as a game. It's very hostile to you. It's the most Shin Megami Tensei of all the Personas, in my well, opinion. You I have played, played so far. You haven't played Persona 1 and 2. I was getting to those. Persona I've played 1 Innocent and... Sin, and that was a rough time. Persona 1 and 2 are Shin Megami Tensei, first and foremost, and then Persona Secondary. Uh, they were very much spin-offs of Shin Megami Tensei rather than their own thing. With Persona 3... 
the series took its own identity and it became a very different experience. It is certainly a lot harder and harsher than Persona 4, but they are very stylistically similar games and the structure of them is very mm. similar as well. Persona 1 and 2 are just different beasts entirely. They're, they're much more like, if you played the Shin Megami Tensei 3 remaster, which was released on Switch recently, uh, if you've played that, then that is closer to what Persona 1 and 2 are like. So, yeah, taking Persona 1 and 2 and turning them into, taking taking the kind of the basis of them and turning them into games that are more like Persona 3, 4, and 5 would be a well, a, a really worthwhile project. And that would certainly count as a remake uh, rather than a remaster, I would think. Mm. Yeah, it'd be good to see. And I on that note, we might give this podcast a, a wrap. What do you reckon? We've had a good chat about remasters and remakes and re-themes, yeah. re-imaging, re-releases. Returning. Response. Response. <laughs> yeah. That's my word. You can't yeah. use it. Don't forget that. I invented it. I've copyrighted it. If you use it, I'm going to sue your butts off. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Um, anyway, thanks for being on the podcast, Alan. As always, it's good to have you here. Thanks for being on the podcast, Trent. We did lose Harvard off the podcast uh, in, in the last bit. He had to disappear. So that's why you haven't heard from him for a while. But uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Harvard. Um, that was a really good chat. Let us know your own thoughts in the comments on wherever you've listened to this, people. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to us. We will be back next month to talk about more stuff. In the meantime, we're going to go to... Just do Persona music. <laughs> I was going to say, let's do some The World Ends With You music. All right. Because that's what Trent would choose anyway. Am I right, Trent? Oh, yeah. It's fitting the theme. <laughs> it's in the mood. Though, I was playing um, the new Phoenix Wright, and I was like, you know, what if there was, like, a musical Phoenix Wright, but there was, like, a game. Like, it was a game, but it was a musical. So it was, like, over-animated and, like, all crazy, and it was a musical. But anyway, yeah. Right. Um, uh, uh, on that yeah. note, we are going to go to some... So what is with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you can find some music from Neo, uh, Alan, in editing this, then let's go with that. Otherwise, just some I will do music like from I. Vanilla, The World Ends With You. Uh, thanks, everybody. thanks, everybody, for being on, and we will see you next month.